There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, more quarantine, more Tony D. Shall I show you her? Another challenge. The wolf. Listen. Two decades in, I still ain't had enough of rap Uncle's back, poison in the air like mustard gas But I'm still treating rhythms like a punching bag And wearing a mind like Superman's underpants Couple man blowing their own trumpet, let's cut the jazz Ain't just a swag boy, you man ain't got enough pizzazz The son of stand back, spazzing like muscle crap Zoot lit, telling Julie, gets a couple of cans while we under lock and key in quarantine It's only right I drop her a speech over shorty's beats No need for modesty, I'm just speaking honestly My writing done clash more titans than Greek mythology Pre the policy, let's keep it scholarly A pair of mid-study, it ain't Egyptology Vodka and cranberry, I write murder like Angela Lansbury Poor grammar slang heavy, I does this Do you know what it is, Tony? It's, it's the never changing. It's not. It's not changing. It's it's just constant uh, cycle of the same. Which I'm really lucky yeah. because I live in a nice place, but um, just not being able to do other stuff. Even if I don't want to do it, I don't really want to go back to London, really. But the fact that I can't, I don't know what it is. How are it's you? It's the option, isn't it? Yeah, it's the yeah. option. No, yeah. I'm, I think I'm in the same boat. Essentially, it's not so bad for me because I go to work every every third week. I go to work for a week. Okay, so yeah, I didn't had, know that. Yeah, because I'm in education, so I've had two weeks off. No, I was in, then we had a break, which was uh, half-term, had another week off, then I went in. I've been off last week, I'm off this week, and then I'm in next week. <clears throat> so, so I kind of get a change of scenery every few every few weeks. Yeah, and how what, how populated is the school? Oh, mate. Do you know what? It's getting busier. Um, the first, The very first week we was there... There were seven kids. Wow. Right? A whole school. Um, and then the last time I was there, we had 20. Um, and then I think last week, for, uh, last week Friday or last week Thursday, they had about 30 kids. So it's like people are getting more and more. They're either just going to work and bringing their kids into school yeah. or they've just had it for having them at home. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I get that. I fully understand that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, man. Um, full, full respect to every teacher out there. I'm never, ever, ever saying anyone say a bad word about a teacher ever again. 
Mate, it's a palaver, isn't it? You spend, you know what? It's one of them things, you know, when you start to realise, you know what, you're not your own kids. Like, stop. I've, I've looked all... at you for too long. I've just looked at you too long today. I've seen you for far too many hours. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's not their fault. It's just... No, like, not at all. They're, 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 they're that age. It's, of course. Of course it's going to get to that point each day. Um, Tony, um, we, I've... So people who, who don't know, me and Tony know each other relatively well. We've been, We've been... We've been in, uh, well, we met how long? Maybe eight, seven years ago, something like that. Do you know what? Yeah, it's been longer than I give it credit for. It's a, it's actually a good long while now, still. Mm. It's proper long. <laughs> it is long. It's long. Not long like this shit, long. But no, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, and, uh, and I remember many conversations we've had, and I, I wanted to have a conversation with you on No Hods Bard about, um, about your past, uh, what you got up to. Um, yeah. and, and how you transformed into uh, a man. And um, there's, this, there's this saying that's been going around in my head when, when, when you agreed to do this. Is there's, a, there's, a, there's a phrase that says, show me the boy and I'll show you the man. Um, uh-huh. that's, that's not fair in your... In your that, well, you couldn't <laughs> apply that to your life, could you, Tony? Or could you? Uh, do you know what? I think you could. There, there's certain elements that you definitely could. There are certain things that it, it would make sense how I uh, turned out. A, a lot of it is fortune. A lot of it was like good fortune and good luck. Like, I, I, luckily, I never went to jail. That would have had a, a massive impact on on my future. And luckily, like, I escaped jail by the skin of my teeth a couple of times. And that, like, that essentially, that stroke of luck there um, helped a great deal. Yeah, but um, no, being like I was a good Catholic boy, man. Like as a, as a, a proper young kid. Yeah, I was, a, I was a good kid, man. It wasn't until, I guess, secondary school, um, and then and smoking weed, discovering girls, and just hanging about with, with guys that wanted to get money, and yeah, stuff just changed. So, you know what, I mean? like, and, so let's go back then, Tone. Let's go back. What was your what was your home life like from from the minute you can kind of remember to you know what? How, how would you describe your your life as a child? Um, lovely, lovely. Uh, I had an incredible, uh, like my mum, even to this day, my mum's incredible, but, um, a proper good family unit, uh, Irish Catholic, everybody always in like my nan's house, you go there and there's like, there's always eight people in there. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, yeah, a good, like single parent family. Um, but just yeah, good. I was, I was like, I was an altar boy. I went church every week. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm talking real Irish Catholic. We 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 was in church all the while. Um, so yeah, just just a, a real a happy childhood. Despite like my dad not being there, the only thing I missed was his presence. Uh, my mum made sure that I didn't go without. Do you know what I mean? Um, whether it was in terms of, of whether clothing or food or education and, and emotional needs and whatnot. She was there at all times, at all points. Um, so, yeah, she she did a, a really good job um, by herself. Issue, was there ever an issue, um, the fact that your mum had uh, essentially a mixed-race child in an Irish Catholic family? Was that ever a problem? Um, I wouldn't have said... Among her siblings, not so much. Did like I, I got a bunch of stories though, man. Like I, I, so many stories. Um, like for instance, my granddad would never refer to me by my name. I was always the boy. He he just wouldn't say my name. Um, because because of uh, your one, 
genetic makes yeah. your ethnicity. Yes. Yeah. So um, one of my it was an issue to some degree then. Oh yeah, to to just slightly, but like I said, my mum was of the the type of person. It, she kind of shielded all of this from me, or kind of looked at it. Well, if that person doesn't like you, it doesn't matter because I like you, I love you. So it, it kind of is that 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 gives you that kind of self esteem, that that the, the the confidence in yourself that you can still do you because it doesn't matter what that person thinks. They're not important. The people that are important to you think that you are also important. So it, it was a. Uh, yeah, I never really, it was like, so what? So you don't like, it, it, so what? It's not an important, you're not important. I don't see you every day. So it's not an important thing. Um, but like, uh, I remember one time she went out, she left me with my uncle. Uh, she came back and I was in the bath trying to scrub myself white because he had told me that if I washed, I could look like him. Um, so she Your came home to see that. Yeah, uh, my mom's older brother. Um, so yeah, she came home whilst I was in the bath trying to scrub that, and she went absolutely crazy, like just just absolutely bananas. But always just 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 to make a point to me, just to let me know that I'm no matter how I look, no matter what I look like, I'm beautiful. I don't have to look like her or look like my uncle or look like anyone else in the family. I am me. I'm and I'm, and I'm cool with that. And she kind of instilled that in me from from very 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 early. Um, so strange yeah, thing, strange I had, thing for your uncle to do that, like. To, like, what's he getting you know, from that? As, a, as I got older, funny. realized like... a very odd thing it was for an adult to do to a child. Really like, strange, this was a man way into his 20s, you know what I mean? Like, in his, in his early 20s, um, to, uh, I was about four, three, four, very, maybe. Very cruel. What, um, have you ever spoken to him about it? No, no, no. I've never, never had that conversation. To be honest, he's kind of estranged from the family right now, so it's not a conversation. I don't think we'll ever have that conversation. Um, but yeah, it's just, just as yeah, grow it. As I got older, I realized, yeah, that's a very, very um, psychologically, it's a, it's an awful thing to do yeah. to a child. Had I not had the, uh, if my mum wasn't my mum. If she, if, she, if she hadn't been able to take me out of that situation and explain to me certain things, how else would it have impacted me negatively? Yeah. You know what I mean? How like, what what could have been the repercussions of that course of action that you took? And um, yeah, it's a it's a strange one, man. But there's you you find there's lots of little bits and pieces like that, um, like just throughout my life, I, I, I find a lot of people have no idea what like racism actually is. What, what, or not so much racism, what white supremacy is, how it dictates everything. Um, so the whole system, the whole system we live in is built, is based upon this white supremacy and it permeates through all aspects of our lives. And being as I'm, I have walked the line all the way through because I have one white family and one black family. Um, um, and I watch just my entire life looking at the differences in how people are treated, in what people can do, in what they can't do, in what they can and can't say. Um, and it, it, it's really interesting because now I'm an adult and obviously I have conversation with people and people will tell you things like, oh, this is not racist or this was not that. And da, da, da. And you're like, well, not my lived experience tells me that you don't know what you're talking about and you should probably try and pay attention to people who do know what they're talking about because you might learn something, you know? It, um, so, yeah, it was just uh, really, I had, a, I had a good time. I had a good childhood. Yeah. No, uh, that's good. That's good to, to hear because obviously sometimes you think like, all right, the kid that ends up getting in fights, getting in gangs, doing drugs, comes from a broken home not where he wasn't loved and he had no chance kind of thing. 
um mm-hmm. but but you you're you're you, you as you say you was you was in primary school you was you was doing well you're there was a a, a father figure that did come into your life uh yep. like, yeah what age uh, I was nine. I was nine years old. And um, would you say you was yeah. a good boy at nine years old? No. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I say that. Right, no, do you know what? I was a good boy at nine years old. I wasn't very good to uh, my stepdad because it had been me and my mum for as far as, uh, for my entire existence up until that point. So I was the man of the house and I was treated as such. Um, and then I had competition. So that led, led, led that kind of led to me uh, just just doing stupid things like I I, I, I stabbed him in his arm, uh, like punched him in the face. Um, what was and this was just me. Yeah, how was kid. so? This was before you got involved in um, you know the shit you got involved in that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So you, yeah, this did, was you saw your dad come into your house. Uh, sorry, your stepdad come into your house, and. Um, can you remember the, the process and the feelings? It, was it that you just felt threatened that you that you'd lost your position and you felt that you were battling against it? And and how did he react? Was he was he scornful towards you? Did he care for you? How did he react to um, the aggression? He did, uh, mate. He's, he's the greatest man in the world because uh, he took it like it was nothing. He did. He, he, um, for me, looking back on it now, I understand it was me uh, being jealous. It was extreme jealousy. Because here's a man uh, who's just taken away the, the the one constant throughout my entire life mm. up to that point, and now I have to share it. Mm. You know, um, so that's a it, it hadn't happened before. Um, so yeah, it was very that, that was difficult. Um, but as far as him, he uh, man, he's an exemplary human being, an outstanding human man. Um, because yeah, he he never he didn't look at me any different. He never treated me any different. Um, consistently um, tried to, to just instill values in me, to help me with, with my education, to uh, show me different things, like just to, to the things that male role models do. Like my mum was never going to take me to, to watch a football game, but he took me down to QPR to, uh, to what some people would question whether that's football or not, but that's a different yeah, matter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he like he took me down to QPR, um, especially QPR versus Spurs. I've seen a lot of QPR Spurs games in like the late eighties and the early nineties. Um, back when so they had he the plastic just, pitch, right? Yep, plastic pitch. Them and Luton, the last two teams. Yeah, them. <laughs> it was like yeah, the very last, uh, the last couple of seasons when they had it would have been the last uh, few times I used to go there. But, Sorry, um, can I just stop? Yes, you? Just, I, just a second, Tony. Sorry, right? the kid up there is jumping on the bed. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry about that. No uh, worries, man. No worries. Fucking parent. All right, okay. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so he was uh, a positive. He was a positive aspect to your life then. He was a... Oh, yeah, incredibly so, man. It, like, to, to the point where I didn't even realise until I was much, much older how much he'd actually impacted me and affected me and how, how different my life probably would have been had I not 
had him as a as, as a, a male role model in my life. Mm. Like a man who consistently went out to work every day, um, did everything, everything possible for me and my mum. Took us from a two-bedroom flat um, in South London to a, a three-bedroom house uh, in East. Um, like all of these things happened largely because he was in my life. Um, so yeah, he's like a genuine hero, man. Outstanding, outstanding. You, you have a good relationship with him now. Yeah, top, top. Like he's the. He, funnily enough, he's the only granddad my children have who doesn't have a caveat. Like you, you got granddad uh, Stan and granddad Aldo, and then you've got granddad. And the one who's just called granddad is my stepdad. The one who's not a blood relation in the slightest, but he has that name. Everyone else has got a caveat. But yeah, um, they, that that's how important he is. Okay, amazing. So, um, yeah, so 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 let, let's fast forward a little bit to when, and I'm not going to say things start going wrong because it's it's a there is no wrong and right. There's 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 a wrong and right about what decisions you make and and how impactful that is, but your yeah. experiences are experiences and they make you what you are. Um, I'm not talking yes. about the, the ethical choices. I'm just saying that the period of your life was wrong. That's, that's that that is an incorrect way to describe. And a period of your life where you learned a lot, right? And it made you a part of who you are. But so, so people who don't know, like me, uh, uh, like our audience, describe the start of how your life become more challenging. Should we say? Um, how would I? I think do you know what secondary school. Um, entering secondary school from from being in primary school, there was it was thirty kids in a class, um, and I was near the top. At all times, I was an intelligent little kid, you know what I mean? I was, like, in the top three um, for the whole of my school years, I guess. Uh, then I got to secondary school, and it's like a, it was a five-form entry. So you got 30 classes of five, that's 150 people, right, just in one year group. Mm. Um, and we did, like, an exam, this little testing within the first three months or something. And I, I'd come, I tried my hardest, and I came so far down in this little in this little test like somewhere in like maybe the 80s or the 90s and i said right i tried my hardest and this where i got like this might not be for me and kind of from there i I never really took school seriously again that's crazy man Um, because that's one test and and so like like so early on in your school life secondary school life yeah uh, and for and it's amazing that has such a substantial impact isn't it that, that, yeah, that dark. I can catalyst. still recall the feeling. I can still recall the feeling of looking, like the sheer disappointment of coming, especially being like in the top three, like I said, uh, being one of the highest and then walking into a new environment and being one of the lowest um, and not kind of having the tools to say, you know what, then I think I need to knuckle down. Mm. Um, it was just far easier for me to say, hmm, well, I, this is evidently not for me. I won't, I won't be applying myself over here anymore. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of, that was as far as school. So I kind of just coasted through, man, um, doing bits and pieces. And then it mostly my home life, uh, well, I grew up on an estate in southeast London, um, just off the, just where New Kent Road meets Old Kent Road, funnily enough, um, where the flyover is. Mm. And um, it was it's historically a poor area. Um, it's historically bred criminals. Um, and when I say historically, I'm, I mean over hundreds of years. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a reason that South London is called bandit country. 
And mm. it's because it used to just be a forest full of bandits. You know what I mean? Like, there's, uh, like historically, it's, it's that place. Um, so, do you believe in that, like that energy of an area, and and that that it, it steeps in it, so it, it breeds it, kind of thing? Is that? Um, not so. No, not so much the energy of uh, like an ele- like an energy of criminality, an element of criminality, but definitely an element of of uh, poverty. Most crime crime for monetary gain anyway is largely sprung from poverty from a desire to, to have money to, yeah. uh, to have a need like um I mean, if you look at the i think it's the globe fair just on the banks of the river um you had to leave there if they went to watch a play a shakespeare play they had to leave and get back over before before nightfall because the bandits would come out the forest and just come and turn everyone over mm. um so and, and that's just because it was a very poor place. If you look at East London, Whitechapel, the docks, it's like if you go to Shoreditch now it, and the Isle of Dogs, it's, it's very wealthy. There's a lot of money there, but historically, it's just been a place of poverty. You know, where poor people live or born and raised. Yeah. So Hoxton, Hoxton the criminal one, element, yeah, exactly. One of the worst places yeah, Hoxton, exactly, precisely. Um, and different manners were known for different things. Like you had safe crackers from such and such. You had robbers from here. You had like people did extortion from over here. Um, just different areas doing different things. And um, so, yeah, just the, the, the underbit of criminality that is just in the, the, the area. So growing up, the children who I grew up with, whose parents were perhaps not as, uh, uh, I won't even say vigilant, but weren't able to provide either emotionally um, or intellectually or financially the type of stability that I had. If, uh, so growing up with, with those friends, as we got to like 11, 12, 13, like we used to, when I was about 11, and <laughs> we used to go sponsoring um, over London Bridge. So we'd get like a sponsor sheet, go over there and say, all right, can you sponsor us for like a sponsor silence we're doing or a sponsored swim? And we just get all the little shekels, you know what I mean? Like 20 pence, 50 pence a pound, whatnot. I get, add it all up, make about a tenner, come back over, buy a five pound drawer, a bottle of Panda Pops and a bag of chips. You're good to go. Um, so like the, the kids that had me involved in that, I was looking, right, you can get, you just got money. You went and got free money, man. So these are older um, kids, they, 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 they produce these sheets for you. You give them, they give the sheets to you. You give them a cut of the money you make. How does it work? No, we just used to, we just used to all follow, we was all kids. None of us was older than 13 years old, man. So you all just come up we with this little... idea, this scheme? Yeah, I don't know who, I don't know who came up with the idea, <laughs> but they was like, yeah, boom, this is what we do. We go over there and we get sponsor money. Like, really? All right, let's see what, let's see what this is about. And you go there with a sponsor sheet into the city, like just London Bridge. Um, And people, they've changed in their pocket. Here, I'll sponsor you for a pound. Here, I'll sponsor you 50 pence. Here's 20 pence. And it just adds up. You know, it's only a £10, but when you're 11 and there's right. four of you, yeah, £10 all right, isn't it? You yeah. know what I mean? Like I said, it's enough for a £5 draw on a bag of chips. So you were um, smoking at, at that age? Uh, yeah, about, about 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just get into... Uh, Tell me about just that. How was you be... first exposed to, to uh, weed? Or... Uh, mate, I was in, I was in the park... All of the the older lot were doing it. So the kids, the, the guys who was probably 16, 17, um, I would have been about 11 or 12. Um, and one of my friend's older brothers, and he was younger than me, funnily enough, but he had he'd got a joint. He rolled it up. Boom, he said, yeah, do you want to smoke this? 
So I've had a pull and it, it was probably one of the most disgusting things I'd ever tasted in my life. If anyone tells you that smoking is not an acquired taste, they lie. <laughs> you persevere. Like, you definitely, yeah, yeah, you got to persevere with it because that first, <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's absolutely foul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was I, I remember that that was the, the first time. And then I remember just being like dizzy, the, the dizziness that kind of, took over like oh it's altered reality um and then probably i didn't i didn't even smoke for a little while after that um um and then yeah and then probably from the age of about 15 i probably smoked weed every single day for the last 25 years i imagine i don't want to go down that this conversation but i do want to ask you what like so Weed is one of the few drugs I can I get on with at all. The first time I smoked it, I didn't like it, and I've never really liked it since. Um, yeah. But I like other drugs, but just not like it's not something I ever uh, would choose to do. Really, weirdly. Um, but what, yeah. what 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 do you feel you get from it? Um, at the, the stage I'm at now, it, it it's just blurring the edges. It's like going home and having a glass of wine after work. It's like you know that life is in HD, and sometimes you just want. Turn the, the, the turn the color down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Or just put it out of focus a little. Yeah, for sure. Um, essentially, that's me. I, I generally only smoke in the nighttime now. Like I wait till it's dark. Um, I no longer wake and bake, or I'm not high all day and that. Yeah, um, I remember we've done yeah. podcasts together, and you've been you've been high, and but you you can talk and shit. <laughs> I can't. I can't, oh, yeah, a, yeah. I can't string a sentence together. No, I, I can function, but like I said, you're talking about 25 years of. Like yeah, yeah. practically stop. Do you know what I mean? I took one break in like 2006, and I, I got a panic attack after smoking a joint. Um, mm. uh, and yeah, like, but yeah, it's just been it's consistent, man. It's con- it's just consistency. So any kids listening, you've got to be consistent with it, all right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> consistency is key in any aspect of that. <laughs> consistency is key, man. Uh, Tony, then what? Um, so, so tell me where where the the element of criminality started coming into your life. Um, probably, I think within the first year of secondary school. I think I did. Yeah, I went. We had one year of secondary school, and in that six weeks holidays, uh, I think that would have been the time I got I got arrested twice. Um, what for? For the first time for. Now, the first time I was just, I still would have been at school because we was on the way to school. We beat up a boy on a bus. Um, Why? And that was my first time. Yeah, that was the first time I got arrested um, was for assault. Why did you beat uh, and him I was, up? I was, uh, do you know what? Just stupid. Uh, every day we'd get on the bus, the same bus, right? And this kid was from a different school. And every day he was there with like four girls. And every day we'd get off the bus, they'd laugh out the window. They did point and laugh every single day without fail. And then one day he did it, and we're like, you know what? Let's just get back on. So we got back on and beat him up. Okay. Um, so you you would say you were provoked? Yes, age, yes, yeah. It wasn't a, a random. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It wasn't a a, a random thing. And then the, so, yeah, so like we had summer holidays. He was like he was a habitual um, line stepper. <laughs> Like yes, yeah, it's exactly that. <laughs> and because he was with the girls, as we know, it makes everything worse when girls are there and they're yeah. laughing at you and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the funniest thing was we got back on the bus and I, one of my, the boys' name is Barry. He walked straight through the aisle of the bus because the kid was sitting at the back. And the kid, he just opened his mouth to say, like, what? 
and Barry just kicked him straight in the nose, man. His whole face exploded. Um, and up to now, it's, it's still one of the most vivid memories of, like, I have. And it was just so funny to me because the kid was still sitting down. He was giving it the big and like someone had come to argue. And he just got a boot straight in the middle of his face. Do you know um, what, I've, you were, like, what, what I learned quite quickly when I was a kid and the school I went to, Highbury Grove, wasn't the, the nicest. Um, mm. That that violence isn't what you think it is. Like in the in 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 the films where someone's getting clumped and they're getting up and they're and uh, or they're like you know they're fighting back or they get keep getting knocked down and keep getting up. Yep. Like if you get yeah. connected with, it's over. And uh, and yeah. I saw so many kids get knocked out, their teeth knocked out, their nose splattered across their face, blood everywhere. And this was just in the playground. So I just learned uh-huh. as I got older that I don't want to be in that situation where that could happen to me. So I needed to develop a skill to get through my school without getting my teeth kicked in or a knife in me or whatever it is. Because kids got stabbed and shit at school. It wasn't pretty nice. But So I learned, I learned how to navigate these issues or navigate these situations so that I could avoid them or talk myself out of them or make friends with the right people so that that you were never so that, yeah, to them or find yourself in that situation. Yeah, it kind of worked yeah. your way into it. Whereas, so so that kid it reminds me of other kids that used to in my school that used to talk it up a lot, and then when it was put <laughs> on them, would shrivel quite quickly. They, yeah, they didn't really know what violence was. Yeah, no, it, it, you find it a lot though, man. It's like a violence is a. Uh, I think it, on some level it's instinctive. It, it, it's it, it's part of humanity. Right, it's necessary um, on on a on a very primitive level. Yeah. Um, but on a in terms of like a society, in 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 how we deal with each other, it's such a terrible. It is literally yeah, it's it's so primitive. It's it's such an ancient way of dealing with things. Like just even it, now we we drop bombs and stuff and drop drones. The violence we visit on people, and it, it, for the most part. We are entirely unprepared to have such violence visited back upon us. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, and like you said, so th- th- that is a very common, uh, I think, a common thread throughout society is people who don't really understand violence and who are just who, who see it from afar and think they have an, an idea of what it is until mm. it comes to your door, and then you, and you really feel, oh wow, it's yeah, it's not fun. It's not like the movies. You don't get knocked down and get back up again. That guy, he won't, he, he won't tell you, I hope you've learned your lesson. Why is he giving you one punch and you're sitting on your bum? Do you know what I mean? He's going to pummel you until, yeah. and, and, until you are no longer conscious. Yeah. You know, there's it, it, not, um, yeah, there's not a, like a line. There's no gentlemanly rules of conduct or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I feel, yes, everyone's got to find that out at some point. Some people find out the hard way. Some people learn the lesson watching other people kids, find out the hard the way. The kids you, you used to knock about with when you were younger, um, would, yeah. would you say that violence... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This was common, uh, that, they, that they were comfortable with violence? Yeah, very much so. Very, like, even just in some of their houses, like where I work in education now, um, I, I was made aware of a study. They, they did a 50-year study into uh, physical abuse, into like hitting your children. Mm. Um, and the main lesson that hitting your child teaches is that violence is acceptable in certain circumstances. Yeah. And that, it, it's not really a good lesson. I mean, it, well, it depends on how, on what type of society you want to grow, what type of, do you know what I mean? Because we will understand that violence is necessary in certain circumstances. However, what can we do to prevent those circumstances from arising? Do you know what I mean? That's the, the, the situation where we should be at. Um, so, yeah, like just, just beating your kids and stuff. I, I grew up with children who took horrible, horrible beatings from their parents at home. Do you know what I mean? Or were neglected by their parents at home and lacked any form of empathy, any, any, any even loyalty the ability to be loyal to someone who's close to you just because, because they had no one who showed them that sense of loyalty or that sense of respect at home. The very first place when they should have been learning those lessons, there wasn't anybody there to do it. Um, and it wasn't all of them. It's just, just some of them. Mm. Um, but these were the children. These, these were my, my friends from the age of like, from I used to play out at the age of like six, seven, eight years old. These are children I grew up with, whether they were slightly younger or slightly older. And it just came, um, you know, because as I was saying before, the second time I got arrested was in the, the six weeks holidays and we had burgled a paper factory. Um, and we were just messing about. Yeah, you, yeah, it's not like you needed reams of paper for essay writing or anything. You... No, no, do you know what it was? We went in there to Nick Paul Nomax. Amazing. Because we, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we were little boys, you know what I mean? Um, like someone reminded me the other day, do you, remember, do you ever make a den? Did you ever have a den? Of course, mate. Okay, loads. Yes. <laughs> you see, I'd completely forgotten about it until someone just brought it up and I was like, oh, any then, and you used to just find it in the middle of a bush, like a thicket, <laughs> be a little clearing, and then you go in and there'd just be porno mags laid out yeah, everywhere. Yeah, every and every boy had a den full of, full of adult magazine, for sure. 
Yeah, exactly that. Um, <laughs> and and yeah, I so, say den, like, ain't, you're not building it on your own. It's like your mates, you build it, you put it together. And, um, yeah. and they're generally in the middle of somewhere like, that no one would suspect that they're there. And, and you've just created no, it's like I said, it's in the You've just made this little little space, a little clearing in the middle of a, a, a bush somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it, it, um, <laughs> but yeah, we had tons of them, them little spots there. Um, but yeah, so we was nicking magazines. Um, and that was like the, the, the first time I'd got, uh, the second time I'd so got what, nicked. What did the police, so they, they just, obviously you're first, you're not on the record, so they let you go kind of thing. Slap on the wrist, that kind of thing. The first time my auntie came to get me because I'd been, it was, I went to school with my cousin and I we got Nick together. So she came and got, she beat both of us. Um, and then the second time, uh, I think they took, they just took me home. I'm pretty sure they took me home. Um, well, not even, they didn't even go through the system. It's just, took no, they just took, yeah, just took me out and just took me straight home. They, like, I mean, they took they all gonna, of us home. If you're going out nicking, nicking porno mags, it's not, yeah. like, he ain't going to come off that. I'm not going to put him through. But violent, like, not assault or something else, don't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't a major thing. But yeah, I'm pretty, that was the time they took me home. And then because of that, um, my mum sent me on this Christian retreat um, somewhere in, I went to Ampleforth or some some sort of place like that with my with my godparents. And that was the very first time I ended up getting a blowjob. I went on a Christian <laughs> retreat. Now, I still remember her name. I still remember her whole name. My first name was Jessica. I won't say her second yeah, name. Don't say but, second. <laughs> yeah, like, that was like, wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a great summer, man. That was a great summer. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, so, um, so, 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 so what happened? You, you, you left school. You, you, you decided not to go to school. Were you spending time on the streets and the estates? How, how was your life being lived day to day at that point? And how old was you? Oh, at that, so my teenage years, it was essentially, I just did what everybody else did. I went to school. Um, you know what I mean? I didn't pay that much attention. But as a, as a social experiment, school was excellent, man. I still, I still have a core group of friends that I still speak to, despite, like, I've known them for 30 years. Do you know what I mean? Like, we went to mm. school together and we still, we still talk and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, so it was like either going out to visit them and because they were from everywhere, like I lived at the time in Elephant Castle, but my school was in Clapham Junction um, and children came from everywhere. Like they came from Wolverhampton, they came from Brixton, they came from Allgate. Um, so I would just spend my time as a teenager, as you do, just running around, going various places. We'd go Trocadero and that, um, getting into fights, just... The normal stuff that teenage boys do um, while exploring your, uh, exploring not just yourself, but your surroundings, you know what I mean? And, and finding out who you are and where you are in a pecking order or certain things. Yeah, but Tone, like, and, you, you say normal, like it might be normal to get in one fight in a year, not go up <laughs> Chocadero every Saturday and end up in a fight. That's, that isn't normal. I, see, do you know what's so funny is that, yeah, that's normal. Right, and it's only it's when I have conversations like this. Um, uh, I, I remember me and Mark Grist having a proper in-depth conversation while we was on the way to teach somewhere, and he was like, "Do you know you you say this stuff, and like this is it's not regular." And yeah. but I'm not saying anything. You could pick any one of my friends, and they'll tell you the exact same stories, man. 
and I, and I really, I genuinely mean the same story because I left, I moved from south to east, and everybody that I've bumped into in east doing the same stuff I was doing in south. You know what and, I mean? So and, and, and was the was the cash bracket similar? Was the level of poverty similar? The the uh, the average wage, the 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 way of life similar in both areas? Because what I'm asking is it is it the environment that you grow up that leads you to leave a violent life that that you consider normal? I would definitely say socioeconomic rather than uh, like rather than attribute it to uh, like things like race. Um, uh, and and like certain other, he's definitely the factors to do with it are to do with yeah your environment um, d- directly, wh- where you've grown up, and and again and how you respond, what your home life is like, and how you respond to those to that environment. I'm very good, uh, like I can fit in in most places. Um, I'm articulate. I've always lacked words. I, I can explain myself pretty well. Um, so the. No matter what environment I was in, I was always able to to have jokes to make to make people laugh to to um, just to get on with people, just re- regardless of no. And I'm I've never really been one to judge like, oh, you do that, and so we don't like you, or no, you kind of you you are who you are, you know. Um, but so it, it was a sense of normality. It, it's absolutely regular. Um, I think even now. You still see uh, the issue with with teenagers right now, and people are like, "Oh, they're, they're like knife crime is going through the roof. These kids are running around in gangs. They're feral. They're this, they're that." And you're like, "Well, when was it not thus? It, like, you can go back. You can document gangs in London, and you can go back three, four, five hundred years, and there's always be gangs in London because there's always crime where there's poverty. Mm. Um, cool. So." Yeah, the normality of it. Like we would, we would go out just fighting kids from other areas. Um, How would you make we'd your money? We'd go like uh, those times. It would normally be uh, like robbery, um, just like I mean, straight up, proper, the most brutal, straightforward, effective ways of, of making money. Um, at that point, funnily enough, when I was like probably from the age of like twelve to 15, 16, I was not that concerned um, about getting money because I had at home, if I was to say to my mum, mum, look, at I really like those trainers. She would say to me, well, we can't have them now, but we'll see what we can do. And pretty much within a month to six weeks, I might have that pair of trainers. Mm. Um, So it wasn't a thing of like, like I had a, uh, a 500 pound Commodore Amiga when I was 11 years old that my stepdad got for me. Wow. Um, and you're talking the five. I remember it. In 1989, man. Like, did, that, that was a lot of money. Um, yeah. So I generally think I'd ask for, I would get. Uh, it so just it so happened that. Yeah, sorry to cut you. But... No, it wasn't driven out of uh, 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 like necessity. It wasn't for me anyway at that time. It wasn't until I got to like 15, 16, um, like we, we was trying to go raving and we was going house parties every other weekend. Those days, there used to be blues dance everywhere. Someone would have a flat and like it would be popping. Um, so to get money to go dance and, and to, to have some nice clothes or to buy a weed, um, we'd, we'd do robberies and stuff. Um, 
like very, very, very basic crime, nothing sophisticated at all. Um, and then, then we got into uh, the selling drugs, at, I suppose, when I was about 16, 17. Um, so what that and then it, street, it became... Street hustling or, or on what level would you be selling? How would, that, how would the system work? Oh, just, it just be like the, the smallest bits, man. £10, £10 draws, like, or £5 draws. And normally either amongst your friends or... Um, do you know what? Sometimes I think also, when I was a kid, there was a lot of adults who were... Uh, who had never quite grown up mm. and used to talk to us and deal with us as, as, as pairs. Like we were in their pair group and we were not, these were men in their like late thirties, early forties. Um, and they would, they would just chill with us. They would come and chill with us. Yeah. I, I know I've seen that before. Like even when I was a kid and, and certainly not involved in anything like this, but, and I don't say that because, uh, Oh, well, I would never do that. I say it because, um, I wouldn't have probably survived very long in that situation, but, but I do remember that these in these older guys hanging around with young kids, and it, it it wasn't like when you say that you immediately think like sexual abuse or something like that. Yeah, you think not. <laughs> weren't that? It it was, it was weird. They said, well, "I've seen that dynamic before. Yeah. You've got these old men talking to kids like they're mates." Are, are they? Was there was there motive to influence you to shift drugs for them, or is it or what? No, because a lot of them used to buy drugs from us. Oh my god! Um, I don't understand that. So, no, it like, like I said, it, it's kind of some people don't have the uh, the faculties, or we're not shown the rope, so to speak, in how to do anything other than than what they know. So they they, they stop learning at a, a particular period, and I think there's a there's a those men had stopped wanting better for themselves or I'd stop wanting anything different from them for themselves they'd become accustomed to that way of life this is where I am like I, I don't recall any of them having uh full-time employment mm. like some of them might have done a bit of painting decorating or did, it was like odd jobs they'd do but they all signed on um did you know what I mean they did odd jobs and whatnot and it was kind of like they that was their station in life they that's where they were right they've accepted they're just going to do little bit hustles for the rest of their life and just kind of hang on. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Cause it's nothing that I ever wanted for myself that just, I never wanted to be one of those men around teenagers. And, and especially they didn't try to teach us anything better. They just kind of just, just kind of endorsed or encouraged the, the badness that we did. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was, it was very, very strange. I mean, it still occurs now. You you still see people who have never quite grown up, who have never got past that 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 teenage stage, despite their years going on. Yeah, um, it's still out there now. But it's yeah, I, I think like because I'm of that age now, and I, I wouldn't wish to steer the youth wrong. I wouldn't wish to tell you, oh, you should do this or you. Do you know what I used to do? Don't do what I used to do. Be better than me. Like be better than me, but they 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 kind of didn't have that thing of where they was gonna tell anyone younger be better. They was like, okay, yeah, you're growing into the same life. I'm I'm already accustomed to. Um, so yeah, you're just gonna be me in another twenty years. And he's, yeah, I, that whole um. Yeah, I, I, you would strike me as someone who would try and educate the kids and and guide them into a better lifestyle. Yeah, at this uh, definitely at this point in my life, man, it's uh, it would just seem so counterproductive 
uh, even if even if I if I wasn't doing anything with my life, it just seems such a uh, a waste to look at, at someone who's got their whole life ahead of them and not try to educate them or not try to teach them something slightly better. Just drop, drop a couple jewels on them, you know, um, uh. rather than just be like, "Oh, you selling weed? Oh, well, I need a draw," and you know, and just. Yeah, just just very very strange, man. But then, so yeah, we started to 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 sell um, drugs, and then after that, we started to steal drugs, which um, on. which was is far more profitable. When you say steal um, drugs, what what do you mean? So, like, we would uh, we would go to people who sell drugs and visit violence upon them. Um, and this would and, be a case of like finding. Uh, the, the weed house or whatever it might be and then yeah. turn it, turning it over yeah pretty much sounds risky the, 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 it's, it's very very risky man but it's uh, again do you know what when you're a kid you think you're invincible mm. like you think you're going to live forever um, so there's things that you do that I, I look back on now um, like I can vividly remember being shot at um, and as I was running the the brick that was running next to a wall and the brick sparked Jesus. where the, the shell hit and like I could still to this day this was and I mean this was years ago like well over 20 years ago but I can still picture it in my mind I can still remember sitting on the stairs like we ran through a block of flats me and my friend sat down and we didn't move for maybe an hour and there's not even exaggeration I don't even think we spoke we just sat there trembling like proper, just sat proper trembling, waiting, I hope they've gone, have they gone yet, you know? Um, but like, yeah, so we would we would do certain things um, because it, it, it's more profit that way. It, rather than buying, if you, if you buy drugs to break them down and then to sell them, it, it's a lot easier just to take them and then sell them because it's all profit. Mm. Um, so yeah, this, we, we kind of, we did bits of that. And then... Um, a few of my you, friends got. Did you ever get caught up though? Caught up in it, like the they they catch you doing it, or it got turned on. It came on top. You got in trouble. You got you got you know you got uh, beaten up by them. Yeah, I've been caught a, f- uh, a few times. I took a few beatings, um, and largely kind of where I was removed um, somewhat from it. Uh, I was like guilty by association, so they know my faces with that. They can associate my face. Despite me not being with that person when that thing happened, they know my face is with them. Um, and I got caught like that a couple of times. So uh, not there when and where, it's just like, it's they just know you're associated. So it's guilty by association. Yeah. And then and then you get picked up or, or picked off and you just take a beating. Do you know what I mean? Like one time I was bundled into a car, uh, driven around for just hours, Um getting beaten up you know just just getting smashed um what was the what but, was their motive I, what, just to punish you or did they want to send a message yeah no that was essentially i'd i'd, I'd been seen with the the wrong people um and i would I'd, I'd, i was the person who was just available at the time um so it the, that it's wasn't really not who they personal. were <laughs> no no it's, it's, it's not personal at all man it's pretty much this is this is business um, and and did you well, take it personally that, though? 
the, the no, not this is very funny because that was the thing when the last time that it happened to me, um, is the that's that made me say, right, I've got two options. I can either go wholeheartedly into this and we'll go back and we'll get them now. Um, and then I thought about then what happens? Because this this started because we got them. Now I've been got. Now if I go and get them, who else gets got after that? Um, and it was just a decision to be made. Should like if you're good, there's a, a Red Man song. He said if you're gonna be a monkey, be a gorilla. And it just means, despite the fact I know monkeys and gorillas are not the same. Gorillas are apes. I'm aware of this. Yeah. Um, but uh, it just means if whatever you're gonna be, do it to the nth degree, man. Be the biggest, the baddest, and the best at whatever it is that you're gonna be. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I kind of thought, what do I want to be? Do I want to be the biggest, baddest, and best at doing that thing? Or is there something else I can do? And like I said, being my, my, my upbringing and stuff, that that's not really me. It's not really me to, to just be doing, inflicting pain on people or, or uh, just being an out-and-out criminal, just being all like fully committed wholeheartedly to it. Um, and especially having friends who are already I knew, I, even up to now, some of them are still like, they're arch criminals now, man. These people who are career criminals and have been for the last 30 years. Um, and that's not for me. I, I wouldn't want such a thing for myself. So yeah, when it occurred, it happened to me uh, when I was maybe, I think 19. Uh, yeah, I would have been just coming up to 20 years old. Um, and I decided, all right, that's it. That's it. I'm not going to be involved anymore, man. I'm going to do something else. Uh, uh, at the time, I was still living in South London. My mum had moved to East. I said, all right, I'm going to come and move up with you. I went and moved up to my mum's house and I never really looked back. Everything else, uh, within a year, I think within a year or 18 months, I was in Poisonous Poets and the rest is history, man. Like, I never really had to go back to doing anything like that ever again. People won't know what Poisonous Poets are, though. Like, it, it may, may, they may not. Um, just give... I it just, I feel like, I feel like this is, I feel like this is, there's another part to this. Because you say you left all that behind, but I know some stuff, and I don't know whether or not I'm allowed to say, so I won't. But maybe you can if we if we can record again. But your uh, your gangster lifestyle, for want of a better expression, didn't just stop, did it? No, it, no, it didn't stop. Uh, I mean, it, like I said, I came to East London and found pretty much the same people who I'd left in South. Um, and crime is a. It, it's a way of getting money. If you can't access money, if you can't, what do you do? So it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the end of my, uh, like me committing crime, but it was definitely the end of me committing a very particular type of crime, doing a, a particular type of thing. Um, because yeah, it just seemed, uh, um, it, it, I don't know, maybe I saw it different because I was doing it with different people. Um, because there was still, I mean, there's still guns involved, uh, still lots of drugs involved, but it just wasn't, I don't know, you know, thinking about it now, yeah, I really don't know. There, it, there seemed to be a difference. Maybe it was a shift in my mindset or um, of, was it, okay. Was it the it, lack no, of retribution? That, that there, there wasn't like this tit for tat that was going to end up with people dead? Was that part of it removed? 
that could be, you know, that that might be the. I think yeah, but a lot of the stuff I was doing when I came over here, I found that they was doing a lot of fraud in East, um, and one guy that I started to had the most natural born hustler I have ever met in my life, man, my good good friend. Um, but I've, I've to watch somebody. It's really hard to explain, but to watch somebody at nine o'clock in the morning have no money and no weed, and then through a series of phone calls, watch him navigate and kind of make someone else buy his weed and earn him money for him by being just this little, he's the most hustling guy I've ever seen in my life, man. And just watching him, I realised, right, you don't got to be brutal with this. You can finesse people out of this thing. Um, mm. And I, that was kind of... Uh, that was my introduction to East and the way that they do things over here. They were doing a, so much fraud over here, man. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, just crazy. Don't, just Yeah, don't say anything in particular. <clears throat> yeah, no, <laughs> no, just, yeah, it was just so, um, yeah, just, just a really different, a, a different vibe, a whole, um, and like I said, I don't know if it's because my mentality slightly changed because I was quite shaken up. I would, the, the, like the last time I, when I was I was picked up and whatnot, and I was beaten for a long time, um, and I like I was scared. There's, there's there's no two ways about it, man. I was I was definitely scared, and I think that was that probably played a bigger part in like okay, so if I if I enact retribution now, then how like how far does it go until someone dies? It was essentially it, and I didn't really want to die, and I didn't want to kill anybody. Mm. So, so it's like, yeah, let's kind of uh, change tact a little bit. Um, and yeah, like I said, the, the, the fear in me, I, I would never want anything like that to happen again. So I'm just trying to change my, um, get better karma, you know, do certain things, help people, help, oh, ladies across the road, do bits and pieces. Every time you do dirt, you've got to do something that just makes up for it kind of thing. Mm. Um Definitely in terms of, you know, like energy, isn't it? It's, it's like you put, if you yeah. deal in, in negativity, then that's what's going to come back. Um, that's when I say exactly negativity, that. you know, it's not, you know, sometimes it's needs must. Sometimes, you know, you're in a situation where you can do nothing but uh, be involved in something that is, is negative. And that might be being influenced as a young man. Um, it was inevitable that you were going to go down that road once you'd made the decision to hang around with these people, right? Because... Um, in the same way, it was inevitable to any in anybody in any situation, because you're not that when you're when you're thirteen, twelve, thirteen, everything is you're imp 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 you're being impressed by everything, and everything's yeah. fascinating, and everything is interesting, and the, all someone has to be is older than you in order to influence you at that age. Um, yeah, but yeah, but if, and you don't if, have the skills. You like you don't necessarily have the skills to determine whether or not this is going to be beneficial for you. No, of Do you know what I mean? Or to, to weigh up the options. It's yeah, it's it's a very uh it's, yeah. it's, it's just being a kid. Like I said, it's the it's the normality of being a kid. Everyone goes through the same thing. Everyone discovers the same uh like who they are, what the path they're gonna take and whatnot. Some people you fall into it. And it's just it's largely your environment. But it's luckily for me, like I said at the beginning of this conversation, like by stroke of luck. I didn't go to jail. I've like even uh, when I went to college, I, I dropped out of college. But the times when I was in college was uh, 
two times when essentially everyone who I hung around with got arrested doing the same thing. Um, and they all went to jail at the same time for yeah. the same crime. Yeah. And it was like, uh, Euro 96, I can remember so, like Euro 96, it was me and like three people left. That like that was the everybody when, did like eight men had gone to prison and 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 they'd been they'd all caught the same offence and the same charge for the same thing like as a group they yeah, were charged they'd all, they'd all done the same crime they they all went out they, they, there was a robbery um uh in West London I think it was they, they, there's like five or six of them went and did this robbery and then after doing the robbery didn't leave the area walked around the area um got picked oh, yeah. up. But charged and, and all went to jail, all like between three and five years. Shit. Um, yeah, so like just that that time there, them being away, and it's just like, a, 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 it, it was so funny that you're on 96. I can remember still uh, like walking the street and going to knock for people as you used to do back then. Um, yeah. And there were like, it was dessert, there was no one about. And he's like, why is there no one about? Because everyone's gone to jail. Do you know what I mean? It was a, uh, yeah, it was a proper weird, weird time. Really strange. But yeah, just the, um, I had the opportunity, I've seen bigger and better things. I've, I've I had good self-esteem. I'd, I'd been, I'd been loved. I'd been shown empathy. So I think it was easier for me, far, far easier for me to make a choice to say, all right, I'm not really going to do this again. And then, like, rap came along and helped out a great deal. Yeah, because um, again, I want to talk. I want to talk about that, uh, but not now because we've been running mm-hmm. for nearly an hour. Uh, but I want to meet up and uh, you know through the means of Skype while we're in this fucked up situation um, to yes. to talk <laughs> talk um, talk about that your rap uh, career and the the times with poisonous poets, the people involved in poisonous poets. So if you hadn't. I'm not going to spoil it, but we'll do it again. But some some of the people involved in this group went on to do like like massive things and be hugely influential. Not yeah. perhaps in the way you think, but they, yeah, it's, it's it's a really interesting story. And you guys were signed as well. You were signed. You had a a, a deal. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Um, there's some fascinating stories around that. And uh, and and obviously your battle rap career. That would be that would be fascinating. There's there's so many little stories around that that, that are going to be interesting and probably be a little bit more light-eyed than this one. Um, but Tony, <laughs> mate, thank you so much for giving me your time. And um, no problem. Uh, yeah. And uh, if there's anything I can do to repay you, let me know. But until then, I'm looking forward to meeting you again, man, and having a beer in in, in person because this is uh, some oh, bullshit. I can't wait, <laughs> bro. Imagine? I can't wait. Oh my days. Yeah. Just <laughs> let's all ah, mate. Yeah, this is tough times, mate. This is tough times. I just can't wait to get out and see you lot again. Yeah, man. It's going to be right. good fun that day. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're going to meet up. Yeah, we won't go into the hours, but yeah, we're definitely going to meet up. All right, Tone, take care, mate. You too, brother. Take it easy. All the best. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.